0: Everyone, I'm Anda. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Notch, a digital content intelligence platform. On the Pros and Content podcast, we will be featuring a series of really incredible leaders who believe in storytelling and who have different perspectives on the importance, measurement, scalability, and optimization of storytelling. Today, I'm joined by Maura Gilchrist, who is a PhD. Um, and she is the Vice President of Strategic and Scientific Communications at Philip Morris International. Now, this is obviously a very contentious and highly debated industry um, faced with a lot of regulation and a lot of issues in, in how they think about marketing to customers, um, a lot of backlash from consumers. And what I thought was really interesting about being able to talk to Maura was their approach towards taking a completely smoke-free strategy to market and their overall message that if you don't smoke, you should never start. And if you smoke, you should quit. And so I heard her randomly on a panel and I wanted to get her story out there because I thought it was interesting to look at a company that essentially realizes they have to kill the current product category that they're in, in order to truly evolve into a company of the future. Here's my conversation with Mora. Hi, Maura. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi there. Thanks for for inviting me.
0: We we met yesterday. We were both on a panel and uh, it was just so fascinating for me to hear your story that I had to invite you to be on the show. Um, So I wanted to start by just asking you real quick to share a bit about your background, which is really fascinating and how you got to doing what you're currently doing.
1: Okay. Well, I have a very... I think, kind of strange entry into uh, a a very controversial industry, the tobacco industry. So I'm a scientist by training. Uh, I trained as a pharmacist, did a a PhD in pharmaceutical sciences. I then went to work for the UK's largest cancer charity. So now people are thinking, my goodness, (laughs) how on earth did you end up in a tobacco company? Well, I worked in the pharma industry after that and then went into consulting. And um, we were asked to do a project with Philip Morris International um, back in about 2005 mm. to bring in the skills and capabilities into the company that are used to develop and assess pharmaceuticals, but put their application towards creating a new category of products that are better alternatives than continued smoking. Mm -hmm. So the challenge is there are a billion smokers in the world today. The WHO predict that there will still be a billion in 2025. The vast majority of those people, when they try to quit, they don't succeed and they just continue smoking. So our question was, can we create better alternatives for them? Um, So we set about doing that and I I joined the company back in 2006 and we set up an amazing R&D facility and started to create these products and scientifically assess them to the standards of the pharmaceutical industry. So now we're in, where are we, 2019? We have the products, we have amazing scientific evidence. So now we're in the challenge of how do we get men and women who smoke to reconsider their decision to light up a cigarette every day and consider the decision of switching if they're not going to quit to, to a better product.
0: Have you seen a change in behavior so far? Have you, I'm assuming you've tested the new products. Have you managed to successfully change the habits in, in a kind of
1: a microcosm? We, we have, and I think the best success story we have so far is Japan. So hmm. we launched the, the, our lead um, heated tobacco product in J- Japan back in, nationally we went in 2015, so that's only four short years ago and already we've seen a huge decline in cigarette sales in Japan because of introduction of this, this better alternative and that's all through individual behavioral change in each and every man and woman who decided to think differently
0: how do you as a company say we're gonna essentially kill everything that has made us profitable so far and reinvent ourselves
1: how does that work well I mean, we thought about it long and hard, but I think the pivotal moment was when we got some of our, our key scientific data that showed that this product was so much better than continuing to smoke. That we felt that we had no choice other than to go all in. This, this couldn't be a, another just, you know, sideline or, or, or different option. We felt that we had to go absolutely all in because the, the evidence is, is really clear and people just don't need to smoke anymore. They're are much better alternatives Mm -hmm. available so that's what we decided to do a couple of years ago we said okay our mission now is to go entirely smoke-free as a company and we want the world essentially to go smoke-free as well. Do you
0: think there'll be another era of reinvention in twenty years when you're going to develop a new product? I'm
1: that's sure, better than uh, the. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely sure because technology moves at such a pace, um, science is moving at such a pace. So I think what we think we can't even imagine in twenty years will it will. Yeah, of course. I think there will definitely be new solutions. There will be new brains looking at this this issue, um, and you know we we will be a completely different company by then.
0: Mm. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> I think it's so easy to look from the outside and and, um, and create all sorts of tagging around this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember meeting you and si- sitting next to you on the panel. I just looked at you and thought... Look at this incredible woman who's a scientist and is lending her credibility to this message that means something.
1: Yeah. And I think you know i am faced with a lot of opposition around the world. I think of course, yeah. You know, I understand I work for a very controversial company, a very controversial industry. And I'm very respectful that people have strong opinions about it. But all I'm asking and all the you new know, my colleagues in the company are asking is 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 just to put your opinion aside for a moment and and do two things. The first first is have a look at the scientific evidence and you don't need to be a scientist to understand the, the you know the magnitude of the difference between these new products and and cigarette smoking so Put that in the centre. And then the second thing to do is, is put men and women who smoke in the centre as well. We all know somebody who smokes, whether it be a brother, a mother, um, whether it be a colleague, whether it be somebody you see at the, uh, on the commute to work every day. We all know somebody who smokes. So let's put them in the centre. Let's forget our own opinions about an industry and the perception about the history and whether you know, using nicotine-containing products is a good thing or a bad thing all those things are things that we can talk about afterwards let's talk about what's the best thing for those billion men and women who are are smoking today and are likely to be smoking tomorrow if we don't do something Hmm.
0: so uh one more question about you before we jump into Mm. more of the storytelling Mm. piece um, what do you think attracted you to joining a, a more controversial company versus either staying in consulting or joining a non-controversial company?
1: The thing that, that that I found really fascinating about Philip Morris International, I'm not, I can't talk for the other companies. I I, I only have experience of mine, but the 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 can-do attitude that I saw just amazed me um this this I felt was a company that was absolutely determined to find a solution to a decades-old problem and I could see in everybody that I talked to before I joined the company that there was this real feeling in the belly of there being a mission that we can do better and um, so that really attracted me because I I, I liked doing things. I like making things happen. I like solving challenges. Um, so that was a big part in my decision to join was thinking, okay, there there really is a will to make this happen and make it happen as quickly as possible.
0: That's interesting. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Um, to jump into the next portion. So I'm not a PhD level scientist, but I'm a bit of a nerd myself. Mm. And as such, uh, I going from uh, you know Silicon Valley, where I originally built a prototype of the product, to New York mm. to take it to market. And I would always be so shocked when, without me telling any story, people wouldn't naturally understand exactly how it worked. Mm. And I'd get angry, you know, because the data was there. Why don't we just look at the data, right? right. And to some extent, <laughs> you're saying, let's just look at the scientific data. Yeah. But I, of course, realized with time that there's an importance to... The content that we create around ourselves to the stories that we tell the world and that people are usually attracted to those stories, probably even more so sometimes than the actual scientific data. Mm. Um, and at best, you know, you, you, you want to have a marriage between the two. Mm. So as a scientist, you, you, your title is interesting, right? You have both science and comms in your title. And as right. a scientist, how have you learned about the
1: comms and storytelling aspect of this and, what are you doing about it? Well, what I found was that my instinct as a scientist was utterly wrong. Oh really? <laughs> so my instinct was show people the data, show smokers the data, and of course they will they will run to the product, they will be desperate to make a change. But of course life doesn't work like that. Well, and
0: also I think if, if smokers were so data savvy, they probably wouldn't
1: smoke to begin with. Right, they would exactly. Look at, and I right. was a smoker. I'm a scientist. I knew exactly what I was right, doing every right. single day, but I still kept doing it because I enjoyed it. I loved smoking. So Then we started to realize, okay, the scientific data is really important for us. It's really important for regulators, public health people, but smokers are not so persuaded by it persuaded by it but what we discovered very quickly after that was it was the stories of men and women who had switched that were really powerful Mm -hmm. because I I, I cannot underestimate what a a kind of life-changing decision it is, and what a kind of burden-releasing decision these people feel that they have made Mm -hmm. and some of the stories we started to see being posted on social media or told to our um, uh, people who work in the bricks and mortar stores we have, we started to think, okay, this is something that's a really emotional thing. So perhaps we should pivot more towards the stories of real people who've made a real difference in their own life. Mm -hmm. So how are you
0: showcasing those stories? And um, what are some of the differences in what you can
1: and cannot say across geographies around the world? Right. Well, I mean, obviously, the tobacco industry is a very re- highly regulated industry. So in, in some countries, um, you cannot say anything about any product to any person at all. And that presents a huge challenge to us. How do you make smokers aware that these products exist unless you can you can talk to them? But in countries where, where we can, we've developed a, a very intensive kind of one-on-one one um, discussion, uh, sort of uh, portfolio, if you like, with with smokers, where we take them through introducing the product and and um, helping the, them to make the journey. In switching, which sometimes can take about two weeks. So that's the kind of one on one thing, which Hmm. is highly intense. I'm surprised it's only two weeks. Well, that's what we found. If, if, if a smoker can, can switch fully and stay with the product for two weeks, the likelihood that they will go back to cigarettes after that is very, very low indeed. So that's the critical window we have to make sure that our communications are authentic, engaging, caring for those people. And during that window, Um, And then once we get through that, we know that probably they're not going to light a cigarette again, which, mm-hmm. is, which is exactly the goal. But then we started to think, okay, how can we do this at scale as well? We're not leaving that one-on-one interaction at all. It's, it remains extremely important, but how do we do it at scale as well? So this year we, we, we launched a, a, a new um, sort of campaign, if you like, which is nothing to do with a specific product. It's just about engaging smokers and those who love smokers in thinking about making a behavioural change. So we call it unsmoking. So it's unsmoke. And three very simple messages in that campaign. So if you don't smoke, don't start. If you do smoke, quit. But if you don't quit, change. Change. And mm-hmm. um, so the campaign's focuses and showcases all of those emotional stories of smokers who have changed to a better product, smokers who have quit completely. And um, it, it showcases stories of parents of people who have uh, who have um, changed wives, husbands, children um, who've encouraged their parents to change and. Um, all sorts of really emotional, really interesting and sometimes quite fun, funny stories as well. And we're, we're using those in, in digital platforms to really encourage people to have a new conversation, encourage people who love smokers to in, engage in a conversation with those people, to encourage them to quit. And if they don't quit, then to change.
0: We'll be right back to pros and content after this brief message. Mm-hmm. Pros and Content Podcast is brought to you by Notch, the content intelligence platform for brands. For a demo, and to learn how to best plan, measure, optimize, and benchmark your content marketing strategy, visit us at Notch.com. K-N-O-T-C-H dot com. Notch. It's all you'll ever need. How are you... Guys, gaining from telling people to not start smoking or to
1: quit smoking if they're currently smoking? The first two messages. Yeah. So I get that question an awful I'm sure. lot because it, it doesn't seem to make sense. But we have to be led by what the science tells us. So these new products are not risk free. So we cannot ever mislead somebody into thinking it's as good a choice as quitting. It's not. Quitting is the best thing altogether, is the best thing any smoker can do to reduce their health risk. So we have to be absolutely authentic and true to that scientific message and I feel very strongly about that. Um, But then we also have to show that if, if people don't do that, then they haven't failed they have another option today that they could they could explore um and, and science again shows us that that those options are, are a much better choice and um, when it comes to not starting that's absolutely the best thing no no kids no youth should ever be using any nicotine or tobacco containing product that is an adult choice to make, and and really, adults shouldn't do shouldn't make that choice either. There are a billion people in the world today who are smoking. We as a business can do absolutely fine in switching those people. We don't need to add any new consumers into the nicotine and tobacco pool to be a, to be a successful company in the future, um, because we currently we only have sixteen percent of those billion smokers. Only sixteen percent are choosing our brands. So the business opportunity for us is to go and encourage competitive brand smokers to switch to to our new smoke-free products.
0: Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to jump in a little bit for you to tell us how your internal marketing and comms structures work, because I think it would be really interesting for the listeners to to understand that. So how are you guys' structures? I know, I know you're running the comms side of things. Is there a separation between comms and marketing, the messaging that you just mentioned? Is it coming out of your team? Is there a media team? Do you have an agency? It would just
1: be interesting to get a sense of that. Right. Well, we're in a Dynamic state of transformation. So yeah, what I'm, I'm telling sure. you today is, Might is changing. It's changing all the time. But I'll, you know, I'll take, you know, some clear principles. Marketing and communications are clearly separated. And we've done that very, very deliberately because of the laws and regulations that exist around tobacco products. So our focus in, in global communications is really about bringing our, our mission message. So the smoke free mission message to the world. It's about engaging um, using communications to engage with policy makers and regulators which is m- my area with the scientific community, with public health community. We have um, groups within global communications who are focused on these big societal campaigns um, the one I just mentioned, Unsmoke we have a content studio that helps us to be rapid and, and, and reactive and, and create uh, you know, new materials super quickly to respond to, to challenges we may have or opportunities that uh, present themselves. Um, what else am I missing? And that's all under comms, right? <laughs> uh, all under global communications, Interesting. Yes, which is where I sit. Right, right, right.
0: Yes. And so why did you decide to put content under comms versus marketing?
1: Because of this clear separation. Mm, know, the laws and regulation that govern marketing of, of tobacco products have to be handled very, very carefully. Yep. So we have a marketing team that works very closely with compliance and lawyers and so on. To right. make sure that that's um, that's secure and and legal in, in every country where we operate, so so for us in communications, it's not so much about the brands or the products; it's really about this this transformation message um, totally, today yeah. that we believe is really important that the world hears because we need help. We have a lot of opposition, and we need help from people who are open minded to bring this message that you know not all tobacco products are the same anymore. Let's have a new conversation. And that's our focus, certainly, for the foreseeable future. Do you
0: ever come into conflict with a marketing team, let's say, from a um, high-level messaging perspective? If you're sending this high-level message of switch or quit, and on the other hand, their marketing
1: towards the same consumers? Absolutely not. I think the the, 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 message, the three messages in the Unsmoke campaign came from the philosophy of the company itself. So everybody is aligned with that. There's, um, there's no conflict around it because we, we, we really are absolutely um, convinced that the only way we can do this is by being absolutely authentic to what science tells us and everybody is in line with that. That's great. It's impressive that you've managed
0: to. I mean, you mentioned yesterday that it's been a multi-year, maybe more than more ten than years. A decade, more yeah. than a decade. yeah, um, so it's taken some time. But it's impressive to have such a large company completely switch their focus. Yeah,
1: and it's been a really interesting ten years, and maybe slightly more than ten years, because in the beginning, of course, there was a lot of skepticism internally, as today we see well, externally. I'm certainly. Sure can we do this? Will we really be able to create the scientific evidence? Will people believe it? And so on. So in the beginning, there was a lot of kind of nervousness, I guess, but as we started to get the data through, as we started to discuss it in the senior management team, it just became absolutely obvious to everybody. And now everybody, the whole organization is so behind this um, because we I think we've done a really good job internally of communicating it, the, yes. the, the, the message to each and every employee. And is that also your job to message internally? We we have a team, not not specifically in my team, but we do have a team looking after internal communications. We have almost eighty thousand employees, and of course, employees can be your biggest totally ambassadors. Am. Yeah. But yeah. they have to feel feel comfor- comfortable and confident in the in the story before they they tell external people. So we have had a focus on that, and mm-hmm. um, to make sure people understand the message, understand where they shouldn't, you know, keeping to this triplet, if you like, mm-hmm. is really important, and and in Employees know it very well today. So tell me a bit about the content studio. I'm curious to hear,
0: um, how did you come up with the idea? When did you start it? What does it represent?
1: How many people do you have? So it's very new. So it's being set up yep. as we speak. Um, the, the idea really came from this, this, uh, this notion of the need for flexibility and the need for speed. Um, and and you know we work with a lot of agencies. We have some fantastic agency partners, but sometimes you need something that's just yeah. on spot and, and integrated, right? Um, so we, we made the decision to, to create a studio that would give us that spontaneity and, and, and give us a flexibility option that um, potentially we couldn't do with with some agency partners. And that doesn't mean that we've we've abandoned the agency. No, world, of course, far yeah, it's a it, partnership. We're you know using them for, for different purposes. So for example when we met in uh, in Cannes we were hosting an event there so we have our content team with us helping us to share the message more broadly um, and, and that's the type of use we, we we have for them so we have video capability we have writers we have social media experts and so on helping us to bring this message all across the, the different and platforms. do you create
0: this content and host it on your own platforms uh do you send it out if so is it more social
1: or do you use more bespoke partners like the the wall street journal or others or is it both so it's both i mean the content team is really focused on our channels today so we're hosting all that material on the channels that that we own but then we are also doing partnerships with with media agencies and and they've helped us to 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 bring a message to a different audience and bring their creativity to the challenge Mm -hmm. as well and that's been really energizing for us to hear new ideas and and, and and new thoughts about how we can bring the message out. So yeah, we, we will continue with that.
0: And now final question is how do you think about the success of that content?
1: Um I think I, I'm really pleased with where we are today. I think we need more and we need we need more voices of of People's whose li- people whose lives have been changed by making making a better choice. I think this is this is really the the focus that we need to have because how, how can anyone deny these stories? How can anyone say that these people are wrong because they're not because these are their personal experiences. So from my perspective, I think those those stories and, and focusing on those are going to be super important for for the future got
0: it well thank you so much it was a pleasure to have you on such a really fascinating story
1: um thank you for sharing with us thank you so much for having it was a pleasure to meet you
0: same so that was my conversation with Moira, who would have thought that you could ever hear a big tobacco company that's telling you to not start smoking and if you smoke, you should quit. I still don't know how I feel or anyone in the world feels about the messaging that comes out um, and how trustworthy it is, but you have to give them the credit of at least trying to change the topic and try to change the bad behavior into a behavior that could lead to you know, less dramatic outcomes. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. And for any feedback that you have, please email me at anda at prosandcontent.co. I would love to hear from you, especially if you'd like to nominate other speakers for us to feature. And if you want to hear more amazing content about the pros and cons of making content or being a better storyteller in today's world, please head to prosandcontent.co for more episodes. The best thing you could do for us is to rate, review and share the series so we can grow the community and the much needed conversation around the purpose and importance of brand storytelling. See you next time on Pros and Content.